podcast production by hot chocolate media where we make up a movie really fast based on a random suggestion from the internet i'm joined by three hollywood types today three very talented people who are going to help us with that task we're joined by our writer james fairbairn who was the high five choreographer on top gun we're joined by our director kyle who was that white extra in literally every tyler Perry movie our producer ben who made all the beeps and boops for star trek the next generation so we have our story today. The theme of the story is serious comedy. The main characters are Lonely Bounty Hunter and Cruel Secret Agent. The start of the story is violence. The end of the story is birth. Do you need that one more time? Uh, yeah, just, just once more. <clears throat> the theme of the story is serious comedy. The main characters, Lonely Bounty Hunter and Cruel Secret Agent. The start of the story is violence. The end of the story is birth. You have three minutes. We have a serious comedy. Okay. So, uh, first of all, just based on what what people are looking for in a movie, I really feel like this is one with everything. Everything that people could possibly want in it. Um, I want it to have uh, romance, and I want it to have action, uh, but I also want people to laugh. So, what, uh, what I think is going to happen is that we have uh, someone who's an erstwhile bounty hunter, um, and uh, his name is something really uh, powerful, like Samson, and he has been a bounty hunter for a long time. He's getting up there in years. Uh, the jobs have kind of dried up for him, um, and... He is visited uh, because he's decided, you know, uh, with all of this experience and pain that, that he's had, he can become a great comedian. And that's what he wants to do now. So he's just hanging out backstage with all of these comedy types, everything like that. And he gets tracked down by uh, his former lover. Uh, she is. Uh, no longer a secret agent, uh, but she was a secret agent. At the time that they connected, uh, physically and romantically connected, uh, she was a secret agent, and now she works with uh, MI6 to uh, advise new secret agents and things like that. She is, uh, she is pregnant, uh, and... Uh, she also had his child a long time ago. She never told the man who is currently her husband uh, about their affair. So he believes that this first child is his, having no idea that Samson is involved. Or maybe, maybe I like something a little, a little stronger. Um, something Hudson, Hudson something. Um, Hudson is usually a last name or the name of a river, so I think making it his first name is going to be really in intriguing. So uh, he, uh, Hudson, 
has to look after her and take care of her because she's admitted to her husband that the first child is not his and he's kicked her out. And so now she's dealing with being a single mother of a 14 year old child. Uh, she is also pregnant uh, with the child of the man that she loved uh, and is now estranged from and comes to him, uh, comes to uh, Hudson for help uh, because you know, when you're a secret agent, you're not really allowed to have any friends or anything like that. And he's the closest thing that she has to somebody that she can rely on. And there's a lot of talk about kind of uh, inside baseball uh, talk about comedy and uh, how he's working to become great. And she helps him and they rekindle that relationship. And uh, he decides that he wants to be a father to uh, to these two kids, the name uh, is it should be something comedy related, uh, but it should be something like um, dead serious comedy. All right, so Kyle, you've just been handed a script for <clears throat> Dead Serious, uh, a serious comedy about a bounty hunter and a pregnant ex secret agent who go on a little adventure together. How are you going to put that movie together? Oh, I'm liking it. I'm already seeing a great vision. Uh, this movie, I think the strength of it is we'll be able to have tons of cameos from all the, the big-name comics of the time, so we can get you know brief cameos of Louis C.K. and Patton Oswalt and uh, Aziz Ansari, etc. You know, just they can intersperse giving, coaching Hudson, our main character, here and our main character, we're gonna cast a non-comedian because we want someone who's really learning the craft and also awkward but a looming physical figure. So we're gonna cast Michael Dorn, formerly known Lieutenant Worf or Commander Worf from Star Trek, because he has that big imposing figure. He's got the booming voice. Uh, heck, he was a voice actor in Gargoyles, and there's a character named Hudson in that. So you know, internet nerds will eat that crap up. And just, even though it's coincidence, but having Michael Dorn kind of interacting with all these various uh, uh, stand-up comedians awkwardly and everything would be really great potential awkward comedy in the vein of you know Curb Your Enthusiasm or something. Really is like just watching Michael Dorn completely out of his element, except for the scenes where he's like crushing skulls and stuff when he's doing bounty hunter work, because we'll juxtapose the comedy with that to kind of keep it rooted in reality is a bounty hunter stand-up comedy. And then uh, his uh, former lover slash, you know, woman spy comes in. Uh, uh, did we give her a name? No. Uh, we'll give her a name. We'll call her, like, Tori or something. We'll give her kind of a short one-syllable name. We're going to have her played by Famke Jansen because you said you wanted her to be, for, like, for, she has that kind of nice, ex, you know, foreign. She can do an accent. She's a little exotic, but she... Age-wise, fits in the timeline. Like someone's retirement was so believable that she can start a family and have kids and everything. So those are our two main actors pairing off, and then as we just fill the movie with as many stand-up comedy cameos as we can, and even to save budget, we can just give their permission cameo and put actual bits from their actual acts they're working on the time in the movie instead of having to write jokes. This is why do you do that. Like Patton Oswalt, let him write his own jokes, and then we'll record it and put it in the movie. You know. Uh, but then all, all the writing we do will be uh, Michael Dorn and Famke Jansen. And then Michael Dorn will just 
I mean, everyone loved the scenes with Worf with his kid, Alexander, and Next Generation. I haven't met anyone who said those scenes are awkward or terrible at all. Um, so having Michael Dorn interacting with a couple of cute little kids awkwardly, I mean, that's just going to rake in. This, this pre-family fun. So you get the alt-comedy crowd in with the stand-up comedy scene, and then you get kind of the, the go-by-standard awkward man babysitting children, but he's really got a heart of gold, but he's a big tough guy. You get that all with Michael Dorn learning stand-up comedy. So I don't see how this can go wrong at all. All right, so Ben, you've, Kyle's already been doing some producing work for you. How are you going to take this movie and uh, make it profitable? All right, well, I have a couple notes on that. First off, just a little heads up, I've worked with Michael Dorn uh, when I was on Next Generation doing the bleep bloops. Uh, just so you know, he is a total uh, prima donna, really hard to work with. That's not my problem, throwing that out there. Now, the idea um, of all these cameos of stand-up comedians was really big because that actually works into something else that I've been working on and studio execs. Right now, franchise films are really big. Expanded universes, okay? Marvel, DC, obviously all that. We're not doing a superhero movie. Don't think about that. But we're thinking the stand-up comedian expanded universe movies, okay? Where we have a bunch of movies about various stand-up comedians. And I think that this can be one with all our cameos that sets up the universe, okay? So we start with, like, a fresh guy... Um, that means, obviously, some of these cameos that we have to do, we have to set up uh, their characters a bit. Um, some of the standalones that we're doing are uh, Seinfeld standalone, uh, an Eddie Murphy standalone, um, Seth MacFarlane standalone. We got to do that as well. So as long as you can work those scenes into it, and you know, you can do if you. I'm sure you can do it very seamlessly. Uh, work that in. We should be good. Now, the bounty hunter elements on it. Um, Test groups are saying that they're not 100% sure how to market this because um, they say it kind of feels like two different movies. So, two options. Number one, uh, the bounty hunter-ness needs to either be like more comedic in nature, like sort of black comedy, you know, sort of thing. Like sort of maybe tone it down, you know, make it intentionally funny, okay? Or number two, uh, the comedy element needs to be way more depressing, okay? So it's like, you know, it's like... They're laughing because they're really crying on the inside. You know, really going into that as a characterization. Because you can't, you can't do two movie types. People get confused, okay? So um, that's you guys' problem. you got to figure that out, like, yesterday. Because, like, otherwise this movie is going to kill the whole, our whole expanded universe before we even start, okay? Um, budget, um, you know, um, I don't know how much these comedian guys. I'll give you, like, 50 mil just to be safe, you know? Uh, you can, you know, make the comedians seem more, like, helpful. Like, Seinfeld's probably a prima donna, too, you know. So, uh, do all that kind of stuff. Figure out your tone. Um, make sure to give plenty of screen time to uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Seinfeld, and Seth MacFarlane, if you can. Um, and uh, Louis C.K., he can show up there, too. I think he's going to be a, do a buddy cop with Tina Fey later. Uh, we, we have all this universe set up. And it's, they're going to all go to, like, a Funny Guys movie, but don't worry about that right now. So, yeah, figure your shit out. Because right. we got big plans. All right. So, James, your uh, original script has been shifted more to a stand-up comedy expanded universe, cinematic universe. How are you going to handle that? What's, uh, what's coming next for you? I actually, I, I really like it. I really like it. Uh, and two things I, I think are really going to make this. 
One is that something that is true, if you've done comedy before, I haven't, but if you've done comedy before, um, what I have been told is that comedy comes from a place of hurt. Is you know uh, a lot of a lot of uh, stand-up bits, a lot of things like that. They come from a place of hurt or need or uh, psychological terror inside the comedian, him or herself. And having uh, having all of this sort of crap just dumped on Michael Dorn's character's lap, Hudson's lap, uh, having having this huge change, this shift. And his focus and everything like that, and and then seeing him take this pain and make it into a successful comedy career with the assistance of these other comedians, I think is fantastic. Uh, and it would give us the opportunity to not only have vignettes from their shows, uh, but more than anything, what I what I want to write into this is a personal dialogue from them to the character and through the character to the audience about what they feel is the essence of comedy. And I think that will set up this comic universe really well. N different from like graphic novel comics, but like stand-up comics. Um, and I think that it's, it's gonna be really good to see uh, Michael Dorn flex his acting muscle um, to be this uh, this protector of of these children uh, and this woman that he loved uh, or at least lusted after at one point, um, and I know that it's really gauche now, but I kind of uh, I want to wrap all of this up with a tidy bow uh, that can be undone later. Uh, you know, something that's easy to untie uh, for sequels or for this expanded universe where uh, Hudson is uh, finding a way to balance his life of comedy with his life of family and to use his skills as a, a hired uh, gunman, a mercenary, essentially a bounty hunter uh, to, to facilitate both of these things. And it's kind of a Mr. Mom, Hulk Hogan, uh, or um, you know the rock uh, in whatever the hell that trash was um, actually I think I was on that it was a good movie now that I think about that I think I, I was helping with that and it was it was a much better movie than a lot of people gave it credit for I didn't see it so the again the strong father figure this uh, I, I think Femke Jensen is a really great uh, foil for my writing you know, for me to write in someone exotic and beautiful uh, and have uh, a more grown-up dialogue between them uh, and also have them planning for, you know, maybe she's afraid to plan a future together, but he has to convince her he's fallen in love with her all over again. I love this. I love this idea. So uh, that's how I'm going to write toward, uh, th that's the direction I'm going to write in. So. All right, Kyle. What All right. Are you do with this? Well, I'm not not really fond of the stand-up comedy choices. Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy. Who's the other? The, the, these movies are already in production. These guys are just so past. Like, yeah, Seinfeld was funny in the '90s, but I guess I'll roll with it. Um, he is a total prima donna. I mean, the B movie. God, it's, 
I have a friend who was a PA on that. Total train wreck. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll work in some scenes with him. Uh, maybe he'll have an awkward interaction with Seinfeld uh, in a bathroom and Seinfeld makes like a weird batlith joke or something and Michael Dorn just gets pissed off about it and just like smashes Jerry Seinfeld's face in the mirror because he's a bounty hunter he still has that dark path and then Jerry Seinfeld's movie launches with him getting reconstruction surgery from that injury he becomes like a crime fighter or something or just you know a new surgically repaired Seinfeld guy um Eddie Murphy uh, he's in it. He doesn't actually play a stand-up comedian in it, but he plays a homeless guy who's agreed to do too many stupid movies. He's down on his luck, and Michael Dorn helps him find his love of comedy again. And we get some great classic, you know, Eddie Murphy raw type comedy from Eddie Murphy, and we try and revive his career because that's that's a thing worth doing. Um, and who's the other? Oh, uh, really? His movies <sighs> make money. Farling? Yeah, so. We get the guy from the Ted movies. Yay. Um, so he's been reduced to nothing doing dive bars where he's doing ventriloquist acts with the bear for like audiences of five. So in the shoot mini scenes, we'll just let Seth Farland do what he does and the jokes will literally land like there's a crowd of three. And they'll go, ha, that's another pop culture reference. Good for you. Uh, you know, and it'll just go on like that, and, and then but but maybe he'll get a like his own TV show or something. You can launch a movie from that. You know, he has some kind of redemption story from the backwater <laughs> ventriloquist acts for Seth MacFarlane. I feel like we're gonna kind of shoehorn then Roseanne, but if we get the Batlift joke from Seinfeld, I think he can really deliver it. I think it'd all be worth it. Um, so I'm glad we've stuck with Michael Dorn. I I, I guess he can be a prima donna, but but you know. Maybe, you know, he just wants to act again, and maybe once he's on set, he'll just kind of... He hasn't done much in the last few years, so maybe he'll just rise to the occasion and really help kick off this uh, franchise for us and kind of become the uh, Iron Man to the Marvel Universe, we hope. We're just, you know, every movie is essentially another Michael Dorn movie with a bunch of stand-up comedians, even though they're called other things. They're just really more Iron Man movies. But they're Michael Dorn movies. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Ben. What are you going to do with these changes? All right. Well, I'm not even going to look at the... I've looked at these changes, and you know what I see on these changes? Not the change that I said to make, okay? <laughs> One of those changes that I said to make was you got to figure out your tone, okay? Right now, you still got the super serious, like, action stuff in your comedy bits. This is not working out. So I kind of took the initiative... Um, and, you know, just hired some people to do those scenes for you because you clearly don't know what you're doing. Now, um, I was thinking, you know, the movie that's coming out, Keanu, got Key and Peele. They're just going to direct all of your um, big bounty hunter scenes. I'm sure they can do drama, too. Uh, we'll just see what they do. But, you know, kind of make it a little more lighthearted. Uh, we're going int- we're gonna to introduce them into the universe, too, obviously, because, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, I think that'll be a good choice. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so, you know what? Don't even worry about that. They'll just make that a bit more comedic, uh, a bit more... I mean, I guess you're still the director, so you can tell them not to do that if you want. But their suggestion is, uh, you know, we'll make those a little bit more comedic, but still contrast them. Now, uh, let's see what we got here. Um, you can't wrap it up in a bow. Sorry. Uh, you can sort of wrap it up with, like, a translucent bow, but there's still got to be, like, a little... Um, we got to have the stinger at the end, obviously. Uh, we're not sure who's going to show up in that. But, um, uh, yeah. Uh, 
I just feel like, yeah, you gotta... The change seems just a little kind of quick, you know what I mean? Like, he's going from, you know, just murdering children in cold blood to, like, trying to make children laugh, you know? You, you just gotta have a bit more transition in there. Um, so, that's my big suggestion on that. Uh, maybe there can be, um... Maybe if you want, like, sort of, sort of MacGuffin, that makes him start out going into the comedy, too. I mean, you got that whole love thing, but, you know, maybe also add in, like, a jewel that he has to take or something. Just to get him in the area, and then he finds out he likes the comedy, you know? That's a classic story. Classic old as, like, um, movies. So uh, throw that in there. Um, we're liking the cameos. That's pretty good. Um, good job on that. Uh, they're completely seamless. Um... Except for, well, Murphy seems, seems a little forced, but what are you going to do? Um, so, I think that's fine. Um, you know, um, yeah. I, that's basically all I got. You know, just just really make it more about, you know, these comedians than the story. Because that's really what's more important here. Alright, so I've uh, plugged everything into my computer that uh, determines market results for uh, for the movie here. Ben can have some beeps and boops for the people at home. Perfect. Thank you. Typecast. <clears throat> and it's given me uh, a little readout of, of what the forecast for this movie is going to be. Um, a lot of people come to this movie for the, the spectacle of it, um, particularly because before the movie gets released, uh, Famke Jansen publicly fires her agent and writes an open letter to Kyle saying <laughs> how, how marginalized she feels in this stupid-ass movie <clears throat> where she plays a pregnant woman who comes in with a, a tragic backstory and gets shoved to the side for uh, wacky hijinks and terrible comedians. <clears throat> but it still doesn't stop people from coming to the movie. Um, and a lot of people like are like, oh, I gotta see this movie now. Now that that was said, that's a weird thing to say. <clears throat> so, uh, this this movie is, is almost gonna make its money back. Not quite, but you're, you're getting pretty close. Um, and then just, you... You're uh, the first comedian who, you know, was passed on for Louis C.K. or Jerry Seinfeld. Um, also hops on Twitter uh, right when the movie comes comes out and says, uh, tweets out, Real missed opportunity, you didn't get Kevin Hart in an eye patch and a black, black trench coat to show up at the post credit scene. Put all the comedians together. Gets like a million followers from it. So, we're going to pass it back to James. Uh, any reflections or last little changes you would like to make? Yeah, yeah, actually. Uh, so when uh, when Dan Aykroyd uh, and John Belushi made the Blues Brothers, a lot of the musicians that they had in there were washed out. They were, you know, they were uh, dried up, uh, done. As far as you know, they they hadn't really gone anywhere or done much after their hit single or after uh, a small career or something like that. Once they were in that movie, they were back in the public eye. Aretha Franklin, um, Ray Charles, I, all of the Cab Calloway, all of these people made it big again. You know, even even if they were just at the peak of their of their careers, in some cases, some of them were at the at kind of the peak of their career. They were starting that downward trend, uh, and that scooped them right back out. And I think, honestly, as much as these comedians that we have in here are tired, this is their renaissance. This is their their second wind. This is their their new lease on comedy life. 
Um, and what we can do, uh, one of the things that happened with the Blues Brothers was that they really toned down a lot of the weirder stuff, a lot of the mystical stuff that Dan Aykroyd seems to want to put in every script uh, for just pure comedy. And I, I think that that's a strong direction. We can make people laugh. Um, as far as Famke Jensen goes, I really want her character to be a strong female character. Uh, I mean, as much as we have her like barefoot and pregnant in this movie, which is shameful, we, we can make her a good character, a big character, and, uh, and make the romance between her and Michael Dorn's characters uh, meaningful. And I think that will sell it. And we also have to pass the Bechtel test. So at some point, she's talking to a female comedian about comedy. We know both of their names. They're discussing something other than Hudson. It's, it's important. It, we need to make this a meaningful film. And that's a strong direction to move in. All right. Kyle, what are you going to do from here? All right. Well, <clears throat> Famke Jansen, I, and I just got so like blinders on the comedians, I did kind of forget about her and marginalize her. So reshoots, we're going to fix this. I like the idea of having her go and work with a female comedian. So we're going to have her with uh, <clears throat> Lisa Lampanelli, and they're going to have a scene where together they're going to come out, they're going to actually do the aristocrats joke together. And we're going to really show off. Finkley Jansen will actually be able to get to tell a joke. And actually, make, we'll have her tell the aristocrats joke to a shocked Lisa Lampanelli who pukes from the disgustingness of the aristocrats joke and loses it. And it'll be a great little side scene that everyone will uh, clip YouTube clips and everything. And we'll just, we'll, we'll get all the foulest comedians we can. We'll get Gilbert Gottfried to write it for Famke. And just, you know, go let, let Gilbert, like, let the gates off, but just let him know a very attractive Dutch actress will be delivering these lines instead of you, Gilbert, and see what he does with it. And uh, so we'll go over there. So that should solve the fan key problem and actually add a interesting, like, high point to the film and I help us pass the Bechtel test because they won't be talking about Hudson. They'll be talking about the aristocrats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I like the, yeah, we'll, we'll focus a lot on these comedians. As, as the tone, I think the tone will be about just setting up the next joke. Like every every beat and pace that Michael Dorn does. Like, and he never killed children. Let's be his trap. He was a bounty hunter. He's like Dog the Bounty Hunter. He just like gets people who skipped out on parole and hauls them to prison and usually smashes their face in. You know, he's not that evil. Why didn't someone tell me? Yeah. So... So we get that, yeah, just beat to beat. It's all about the comedy, highlighted by a Famke Jansen aristocrats joke with Lisa Lampanelli. Okay, Ben, any last changes to make this thing sell? Okay, well, so no one told me that some of these comedians weren't popular anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the uh, obvious exception of McFarr. Um, so... I'm gonna some some reshoots. Uh, the marketing, who also didn't know about that, they um, are gonna do some reshoots, kind of lower some of these other comedians' roles because they don't see them holding a movie on their own. Uh, so some of them, um, we're just gonna do some reshoots, uh, redo some of the scenes, maybe digitally insert some of the characters over other comedians who we don't want anymore, like Eddie Murphy. Um, so some of them we're gonna use are 
And by the, because I know you talk about a renaissance, but really, I don't care about that. So, uh, our new lineup is going to be Tina Fey. Uh, Tina Fey again, for some reason. Okay, uh, Kevin Spacey. We think he can do comedy. We're going to put him in there. Um, Gilbert, obviously. Um, we already got him writing that little bit. I think he can work really well in there, you know. Uh, he would be a really ironic movie star, which I think would... Um, <laughs> Add to interesting things, and of course, we're gonna have the Patton Oswalt Kevin Smith buddy cop movie. Uh, so they're gonna, I think those two will go really well together. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll just you know, uh, Seinfeld. You know, we've already put the Seinfeld joke with the Bakla in the trailer, so we can't get rid of that. But you know, um, just really reduce his role. Uh, maybe I don't know, kill him off. I he'd probably be upset if we did that, but um, we'll put a focus group on that. Uh, Whatever you did with the story, I'm sure it's fine. Um, you know, that's not my job. My job is to sell this movie and sell 12 other movies. So, uh, good job there. Now I'm going to go home. I got some pretzels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so with the changes you've made, uh, your movie doesn't really come close to, to making what, it, what it's looking for. But uh, uh, you do bring some money in. The opening weekend is a little rough. Then the next week, uh, Amy Schumer tweets that it's her, the her, the best movie she's ever seen. So a bunch of people rush to the theater to go see it, and then a bunch of angry people tweet Amy Schumer back. <laughs> um, but you do you do make um, you do make the rest of it back in DVD sales, almost exclusively from Walmart. So congratulations, guys! You've done very well. How'd the expanded universe go? Uh, well, I guess we're going to have to find out next time on Movie Machine. Oh. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, and, of course, we will leave you with a quote from the great food shaman himself, Guy Fieri. This place is bananas, and bananas is good. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>